1-800-273-8369. Hope you don't mind listening to this podcast one more time. Class is in session. On air. Online. From the PW Digital Media Entertainment Studios in Orlando, Florida. This is the Philosophy Sessions Podcast with Phil Washington. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the Philosophy Sessions Podcast with Phil Washington. I am your host, founder and owner of PW Digital Media Entertainment, and the smallest of small shareholder of Madison Square Garden Sports, Phil Washington. Uh, That last little nugget is actually true. Now, don't get me wrong. I am a Philadelphia sports fan through and through. But I also know when business is booming and the New York sports scene is on the rise. By the way, if you haven't listened to session 107, I suggest you do. Because there were two opportunities that I put out there to help people that have a business that want to promote their business. And there's something else that pertains to the topic that was discussed in session 107 now if no one jumps on it by friday let's just say i could be saving some money but it's all good like i said if you haven't listened to session 107 go ahead and listen to it before we really get into it um i am proud to announce that the podcast has expanded to more platforms um i am proud to say that the philosophy sessions podcast is now on Apple and Amazon, in addition to our partners at Anchor.fm and Spotify. So it was great news to get that confirmed yesterday, and we welcomed them on board. So in this session, we are going to talk about a couple different things. We'll, uh, We'll talk about the conference championships from this past weekend. Kansas City Chiefs pulling out a victory with the help of some late calls against the Cincinnati Bengals way. And then the Philadelphia Eagles beating the hell out of the San Francisco 49ers to the point that Christian McCaffrey had to play quarterback for a snap or two. We'll dip into the world of sports entertainment and professional wrestling. Uh, We'll talk about what went down at the Royal Rumble last Saturday night in San Antonio, Texas. Lastly, since I am a golf instructor... I will talk about a recent golf round that I had here in the Orlando area. Um, Listen, it's hard to play well when you don't play on a regular basis. But first, uh, we had some breaking news this morning coming from the football world. On social media, just after 8.15 this morning, Tom Brady the former quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers made a quick video lasting just under a minute and officially announced his retirement from football. Even he said this one was this one was for real. First and foremost, this coming from a lifelong fan of the Philadelphia Eagles. Tom Brady, I want to thank you for everything you have given to us fans of professional football, sports fans in general, 
and the industry of professional football. Your 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 competitiveness, gamesmanship, sportsmanship, and professionalism is one to be admired. Your your stats are just stupid. You're a seven-time Super Bowl champion, five-time Super Bowl MVP, fifteen times elected to the Pro Bowl, three times elected to uh, your All Pro. You threw the ball for 89,214 yards. You had a 64.3 percentage pass completion. 649 touchdowns in your record. You went 200 you had 251 wins and 82 losses. I, I can't forget just a couple years ago about the Super Bowl game with the Patriots and the Eagles. Back then, he was the quarterback for the New England Patriots. The Eagles won that game 41-33, to but the one thing that really stood out was Tom Brady's stat line, which was absolutely ridiculous. This man went 28 of 48, 505 yards, and three touchdowns. Just stupid. He's still... Came within a Hail Mary away from potentially tying that football game. And listen, there's a lot of a lot of people saying different things about how Tom Brady will go down. In my lifetime, Tom Brady will go down as the best quarterback to ever play the game. No question. No doubt in my mind. So... To Tom, congratulations on your retirement and a marvelous career in professional football. Can't wait to see what's next for you. Now, sticking to football, let's talk about the conference championships. Let's go to the AFC. I'll start with Kansas City, uh, who defeated the Cincinnati Bengals 23-20. to Now, I'll be honest with you. I did not watch most of this game. Because of my vent interest in the 3 o'clock NFC Championship game between the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers. I started watching this game. When was it? I think it was at the end of the third quarter going into the fourth. Going into this game, remember, Joe Burrow, the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals, he's th- he was 3-0 and going up against Patrick Mahomes until that game. So, you know Kansas City was playing with a chip on their shoulder. I can't remember seeing Cincinnati having zero total yards of offense in a quarter. And that's what happened in the first quarter. Cincinnati got their act together late in the first half. And then when Patrick Mahomes fumbled the football, the Bengals got it going. And they ended up tying the game at 20. The game was knotted at 20 for a long time in the fourth until that very last possession for Kansas City. Uh, The offensive line for Cincinnati, they did all they could do to protect Joey Burrow. But he was sat down four times and intercepted twice in this affair. Eli Apple's defensive pass interference and Joseph Asai's stupid. Stupid, 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 unnecessary roughness on Patrick Mahomes late in the fourth only helped the Chiefs get the victory with Harrison Bucker's uh, kick. 
to essentially win it. So congratulations to Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs for winning the AFC Championship and heading back to the Super Bowl for the third time in four years. As far as Cincinnati, here's what I want to say about that team. That team is so young and so good athletically. They have their quarterback of the future in Joe Burrow. They have one of the most talented offensive weapons in the game with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, Perrine, Hayden Hurst. I said this last year, and I'm going to say this again. If the offensive line gets his act together and they can somehow stay healthy all year, Cincinnati is going to be an extremely tough team to beat for years and years to come. It's just a shame that they're in the same conference as Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Tua Tagovailoa, Justin Herbert, and Russell Wilson. Oh, it sucks. And it especially sucks since uh, Sean Payton looks like he's going to Denver. So uh, Payton and Russ, that's going to be a very interesting coach and quarterback duo. As far as the NFC, <laughs> um, let, me, let me take this time to address the San Francisco 49er fans right now. You guys had an unbelievable year. You lost Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay? Then not too long after that, you lost Trey Lance. In comes third-string quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, if you will. You win games, but then you lose Debo Samuel. By the time the playoffs come up, you guys suddenly are the hottest team in the National Football League. You haven't lost a game since Halloween. You take care of business against Seattle. Dallas imploded at the end of the divisional game, giving you guys the win. Then comes the game against Philadelphia. Confident? Yes. You guys talked a lot of talk before the game, but once the game was on... It damn sure was a different story. Hassan Reddick single-handedly knocked out both of your quarterbacks before the first quarter was over. Once Brock Purdy was knocked out, then Hassan Reddick literally ran over your four-string quarterback, Josh Johnson, knocking him out with a concussion. It was over. I'm sorry. It was 100% over. And all I heard was crying, bitching, and moaning. The Philadelphia Eagles from start to finish outplayed and outcoached your team. The Niners' defense was consistent for most of the game until the end of the first half where the Eagles were gifted another possession with less than two minutes left to, to then only score another rushing touchdown to make it 21 to 7. If it wasn't for Christian McCaffrey, you guys would not have scored at all. And it didn't help that before the game, Elijah Mitchell was ruled out. That sucks. I didn't even see 
George Kittle for most of the game. Nick Bosa got hurt. So then it put the pressure on Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner. They had to carry the load. But the thing that got me was towards the end of the game, that little skirmish between Trent Williams and Kevon Wallace. That was uncalled for. Listen, I know you guys were coming into that coming into that game all the confidence in the world. But don't get all butthurt when you get your ass whooped 31-7 when you don't have a quarterback. I don't know what else to tell you. Don't be a bad sport. Because the Philadelphia Eagles were straight up whooping your ass in their home. In their stadium. Lincoln Financial Field was over 70,000 strong. And listen, I keep hearing that Eagles fans are rude and obnoxious. Now, listen, to be fair, some of them are. And if you want to know why, some of some of them really are arrogant, but there are others that have been drinking since 4 o'clock in the morning. Eagles fans and Philadelphia fans in general, blue-collar, hard-working, passionate sports fans that want their athletes to represent them well. Tough, hard-nosed, and giving 100% effort. I'll be straight up with you. If you can't deal with that fan base, then don't go to Philadelphia. Don't watch a game in Philadelphia. Simple as that. Congratulations to you and the 49ers organization for a hell of a season. I'm not sure if another team in the NFL could do what you guys had to endure. The fact is you got that far with a third and fourth string quarterback is damn near impressive. And that's a testament to the organization and to the coaching staff. I'm sure we will see each other again very soon. I personally am incredibly proud of how this Eagles team went from a four-win team two years ago to now being a Super Bowl contending organization two years later. It starts at the top. Owner Jeffrey Lurie and general general manager Howie Roseman. The moves Howie made this offseason were outstanding. Trading a first-round pick to get A.J. Brown and then getting Jordan Davis and N'Kobe Dean in the draft. Free agency, you pick up Hassan Reddick, Kaiser White, James Bradbury, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Robert Quinn. We got in the trade from Chicago, Linville Joseph, and Dominica Sue. And you put them with the likes of Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Javon Hargrave, Darius Slay, TJ Edwards, and Avante Maddox. That is just crazy. And then also in the draft, there's someone that we're really not talking about that needs to be talked about more. 
And this young kid came from Middle Tennessee. Safety, Reed Blankenship. When Avante Maddox went out, Reed Blankenship, yeah, he had his moments where he kind of was lost. But I'm telling you, he has quickly grown into a very good backup safety for this Eagles team. Coach Nick Sirianni, or as we call him, Philly Nick, he has grown unbelievably as a coach and has gained the respect of this team and this fan base. And I'll tell you what, I cannot wait to see this matchup with Big Red, Andy Reid, and the Kansas City Chiefs in just over a week in Glendale, Arizona. Cannot wait to see that. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're actually going to talk a little bit about professional wrestling and sports entertainment for a few minutes. That and much more when we come back. This is the Philosophy Sessions podcast with Phil Washington, live from the PW Digital Media Entertainment Studios here in Orlando, Florida. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, do you love good music? You love listening to good vocals? Or are you a fan of NBC's The Voice? Then do me a favor, join host Stephanie and James as they break down each contestant's voice and overall performance from each week's episode. They keep it 100 and voice their opinions with love, kindness, and respect. You can follow The Pitchy Podcast on Instagram at The Pitchy Podcast, spelled T-H-E-P-I-T-C-H-Y-P-O-D, C-A-S-T. You can also subscribe to their podcast on YouTube and on your favorite podcast platform. All right. Welcome back. This is the Philosophy Sessions podcast with Phil Washington. Now, I said that we were going to talk a little bit about professional wrestling and sports entertainment, and that's exactly what we're going to do. Now... I know what some of you are thinking. Why is he talking about this? Doesn't he know everything is predetermined and planned out? This is a male soap opera. Look. I know. Okay? I watch the WWE and even AEW All Elite Wrestling strictly for entertainment purposes. Look and see how the storylines are progressing. But more importantly, watch the athletes because... The athletes that they have now, they have some amazing, amazing talent. This past Saturday night was the annual Royal Rumble event that took place at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas. Now, you, now you're asking, okay, it's 2023. How big is wrestling now? How big is wrestling and sports entertainment nowadays? Let me give you an idea. For the Royal Rumble... The WWE had a record-breaking $7.7 million gate for the event that was attended by over 51,000 people. Let me say that again. They had a $7.7 million gate that was attended by over 51,000 people. Paul Levesque, a.k.a. Triple H, he's running creative for the company now. So things have really, really turned around, especially since the summer of last year. Uh, the Royal Rumble event, it was broadcasted on the Peacock streaming service. 
So if you have it, and let's say you haven't watched professional wrestling slash sports entertainment in a while, and you just want to get a look at what's going on right now, go to the Peacock streaming service, and I want you to watch the following matches. I want you to watch the Men's Royal Rumble match, which I believe was the very first match of the show. Now, the match lasted over an hour long because you have 30 entrances. So you got to have everybody come in all at once. Not all at once, but they come in. I think it's every 90 seconds someone new comes in. The reason why I want you to watch this match, there's a spot. There's a spot in this match, and you probably have seen it on social media. Social media superstar. What is, uh, I don't even want to call him superstar. Social media, uh, I guess you could say celebrity. Logan Paul. He has signed a deal with WWE. Him and this other athlete named Ricochet. They're standing on the ring apron on opposite sides. They look at each other. They then both jump on the top rope and jump towards each other off of the top rope. Both of them then collide in midair over the center of the ring, giving each other a clothesline and fall right on the mat in one of the craziest spots that I've seen in a long time. Like I said, the match itself is over an hour long, but if you want to watch that spot, I want to say it's about two-thirds of the way in. It, it's pretty cool. Second match is going to be the Mountain Dew Pitch Black Lights Out match with Bray Wyatt and L.A. Knight. This match is just weird. Bray Wyatt is a character in itself, but I just want you to picture the entire stadium being lit under black light and neon lighting. The match itself was short. It was probably 8 to 10 minutes long. But it's worth watching. You, you just got to see it. And then the last match that I'll bring up just to highlight is the, uh, the main event. Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens for the undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship. The match itself was good. But it's what happened after the match that made the entire night. Roman Reigns has built this stable called the Bloodline with his real-life cousins, the Usos, who are the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions. Paul Heyman, who used to work with Brock Lesnar, but over the last couple years has been the special counsel under Roman Reigns. And Solo Sokoa, who is the enforcer. They have pretty much run the entire company for the last year or so. Then you get this guy that comes in. His name is Sami Zayn. He decides to try and join the bloodline. Sami, for months, has done everything he could to impress the bloodline. Helping them in matches, fending off superstars, trying to get in their way, so on and so forth. In this particular time, Sami Zayn's best friend is Kevin Owens. Kevin and Sami are best friends both professionally and in real life. So you have to watch the end of this match and the end of the event 
Because what happens? The roar from the crowd almost blew the microphones out that WWE were using. You you have to watch it. It's incredible. They they show a video package before the match starts so that you guys can get an idea of what's been going on for the last few months leading up to this match. Like I said, if you get a chance and you have the Peacock Network, go check out these matches from the Royal Rumble Premium Live Event. Alright. Lastly, I recently went out and played a round of golf. This was my first round of golf in a little while. Now, I don't play often, so when this happens, if I have the time, I like to hit a few balls on the range. I I just want to get the get the feeling of hitting hitting the ball again. In this case, the only thing I really got a chance to do was putt. Trying to get the green speed down, which that day was relatively quick. Now, in golf, one of the last things that you want to do is have something negative in your mind. Golf is just as much of a mental game as it is physical. I step on the first tee, do a couple practice swings, and the entire time, I'm thinking... Man, I just want to make contact with the ball. I don't care where it goes. Mistake. Because about five seconds later, I proceed to top the ball in the water. First shot of the day, and it's wet. So now, I'm hitting my third shot, and my nerves now are starting to, they're starting to get to me. My thought now becomes, okay, you got that out of the way. Now, so that you don't do that again, hit the ball as hard as you possibly can. Which I did. But I forgot to fully finish the swing. The ball ends up going about 30 yards right of my target, just staying in bounds. On the ride to the ball... My focus was just trying to make good contact with it. My next shot, I hit a decent iron shot, just missing the green to the right. I pitched the ball to about seven feet. Luckily, I make the putt for double. Not a good start. As if that wasn't bad enough, the next hole, same thing. I topped the ball off the island barrier in the water. Splish, splash, the ball was taking a bath. I then hit my third shot, short and right, in the rough. Then, I was able to calm down and smoke a 7-iron back to the fairway on this par 5. If I remember correctly, I think I had 100, I want to say it was like 148 yards into the green. Slight wind into me. I pured this 9-iron. Pured! I pured this 9-iron and it came... Three feet short of the green, and it got buried in the bunker. Walk off the hole with another double. All right, so now I'm four over par through two holes. And pretty much now I'm thinking, damn, I just want to break 90 at this point. 
third hole, par three. It was playing, say, 185 yards into the wind. I hit a smooth six iron, and it hit the green about 25 feet from the hole. That tee shot right there, that one right there, really calmed me down because now I started to get the feel for the. I started to feel the swing mechanics starting to come back. My feel around the green was starting to come back as well. Now I missed the putt for birdie by a foot, but the ball was right on line. Getting a par never felt so good. Ugh. The next hole is a par four. As I teed the ball up in my mind, I'm thinking, all right, yo, I'm over it. Let's just start playing like you know you can. Be fearless. Just play golf, mofo. Let's go. Man, I hit that drive so long and straight that the feeling of confidence suddenly took over. Shot after shot after shot. The confidence was building. I finished out the rest of the front nine. I think I played one over after those first three holes. Going to the back nine, I remember only hitting two bad shots. I snap hooked one on a par four where I still hit the green with a chance for birdie. And then on 18, I blocked the tee shot out to the right. Other than that, I was I was pr pretty confident. Practically over every shot. I played fearless, but also calculated. I knew what I was doing well and not doing well during the round. Playing to your strengths and knowing your limitations is huge when you play the game of golf. My timing started to come back, which means any little mistake that I made on the previous shot, I knew what it was, and I knew how to take care of it on the next hole. It was a good learning experience. I want to say I, I ended up shooting. I broke. I still broke 80. I think I shot 70, 77, 76, 77 that day. The point of all of this, the point of all of that is this. When you haven't played for a while, do yourself a favor and don't have any expectations. If you have time to go to the range to hit a few balls, please do so. But I would rather you go putt and chip first. Short game truly is where the money is made. Also, like I said before, know your limitations. What are your strengths? Find them out and play to it during the round. Work on your weaknesses during your own practice time. Start on the range, and then if you have time, go out and play nine holes and put yourself in those positions to see how well you've progressed. Shoot, when all else fails, if you need another pair of eyes, go see an instructor. You can see a certified professional golf instructor like me in the Orlando in the Orlando area and thousands of other certified instructors and PGA professionals that will guide you in the right direction. Now look, the problem may not be all mechanics. It could be the golf clubs or golf balls you're using. 
Maybe a change in the shaft or the grip will do the trick. Sometimes all it takes is going back to basic fundamentals too. Grip, aim, and setup. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this edition of the Philosophy Sessions podcast. Now, today is February 1st. It is February and it is Black History Month. So with that being said... For every podcast during the month of February, I'm going to give you a little bit of black history for your mind, for your body, for your soul. Let me introduce you to Bessie Coleman. Yes, Bessie Coleman. She was born in 1892 and she left the earth in 1926. Now, despite being the first licensed black pilot in the world. Coleman wasn't recognized as a pioneer in aviation until after her death. Though history has favored the likes of Amelia Earhart and the Wright brothers, Coleman, who went to flight school in France in 1920, paved the way for a new generation of diverse flyers like the Tuskegee Airmen, the Blackbirds, and the Flying Hobos. That is your black history for this podcast. Your positive quote is going to come from Steve Jobs. And he says, quote, The people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. And, as I always say, you are loved. You have value, and you are worth it. You damn sure are worth it. Until next time, everyone. Class dismissed. Thank you for listening. The views and opinions expressed by the Philosophy Sessions podcast with Phil Washington are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the Philosophy Sessions podcast. Any content provided by our authors or content creators are of their opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual or anyone or anything. Thank you. Thank you.